Hello, I'm your host, Jack Pickett of the podcast House of Committees. And I'm your co-host, Bryce Ferguson. Today we'll be talking to the Sanitary Committee of Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions. And uh, we are joined by Senator Pat Murray and Lamar Alexander. The Committee of Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions all started back in 1869 as the Committee of Education, and then in 1884 it was known as the Education and Labor Committee. But then in 1999, the Chairman James Jeffords of Vermont changed the name to the Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee. Today, the committee is now led by Lamar Alexander and ranking member Patty Murray, and it is now comprised of 22 senators, 12 Republicans, and, 12, and 10 Democrats. Under their leadership, the committee is composed of three subcommittees, and they have brought and they have jurisdiction over our country's health care, education, employment, and retirement policies. Um, some of the matters that they focus on are relating to education, labor, health, and public welfare, um, aging, arts and humanities, biomedical research and development, child labor, and agricultural colleges. Today we are joined by the ranking member and the chairman of the Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee. My name is Lamar Alexander and I'm the Senator of Tennessee and I'm the Republican Majority Leader and Chairman of the Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee. My name is Senator Patty Murray and I'm the Senator of Washington and I'm the Minority Leader and Ranking Member of the Committee. Today we are talking about the increasing outbreak of the coronavirus and today we have a CDC researcher and specialist, Abby. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do? I'm an epidemiologist, so I research how to prevent the spread of viral infections. So Patty Murray, what is your committee doing to monitor the coronavirus? We are monitoring the outbreak of the coronavirus closely and are, and are in close communications with the U.S. government agencies on actions and precautions needed to prevent further spread of the virus. The safety of the U.S. citizens here are domestically as well in China and other affected countries is our first priority. Senator Alexander, what have the government and the president been doing to ensure the public safety for American citizens? So Trump has signed updates to the PAHPA into law, which is the bipartisan legislation that guides federal readiness and response policies, and it also outlines leadership roles to address public health threats. And we have also improved the Public Health Emergency Fund to ensure those on the front lines have quicker access to the funds that they need. You may have covered budgetary concerns and funds, have covered funds, but the citizens are probably still concerned with how the virus will be contained and cured. Do you have any information on what is happening with the research to find a cure? So we have received information from the Chinese government stating that they have taken steps with talking with highly leveled medicine and disease outbreak experts in a solution. As of now, in the United States, there have only been 12 positive cases, and all of those cases were associated with travel to Wuhan, China. So the coronavirus isn't currently spreading in the community, so there isn't too much to be worried about right now. Of those 12 cases, have you quarantined all of the people, all of the patients with the coronavirus? Yes, all of them have been quarantined and are currently under care. Okay. So, Abby. As a viral expert at the CDC, do you have any other information regarding the coronavirus? Right now, we are closely monitoring it, and we have 12 positive cases and 68 pending cases in the United States. 
and those cases are in Arizona, California, Oregon, Wisconsin, Illinois, and Massachusetts. And the symptoms range from mild to severe in all of the patients, but as of now, they have only caused death in people who have already weak immune systems, like people who were already sick or are elderly. And the government is currently working together to like, reduce the speed and impact of it. Next, we will be talking about the joint employers with Senator Patty Murray and Senator Lamar Alexander. So what is the Joint Resolution Act? So the Joint Resolution Act pretty much states that it allows a corporation to evade liability for work it has already contracted out and leaving workers vulnerable to wage theft, child labor abuse, and equal pay violations. But what will this new rule actually accomplish and do? The new joint employer rule will help restore to franchise owners who are the ones that are being currently hurt the most by the joint employer standards that are currently put in place. It will provide them with the opportunity to make it into the middle class and it also gives businesses and workers a clear standard as to whether employees have two different employers. Senator Patty Murray, how do you feel about the Trump administration's joint resolution? So disappointingly, the Trump administration has once again advanced the interests of those at the very top of the expensive workers. So it's pretty much giving a lot of power to corporations, and this new rule is a huge blow to workers' rights. It will help the biggest corporations like move away from their responsibilities in order to boost their profits while leaving workers across the country vulnerable to wage theft and other viola violations of their rights. And Senator Lamar Alexander, how do you feel regarding the new joint employer rule? I believe that this new proposed rule is good news for the individuals that are operate operating our nation's 780,000 franchises. And the Trump administration ruling that was proposed in April 2019 established a four-factor test for determining joint employer status. And this final ruling established this test that provides the employers and employees with clarity and predictability, which is something good for all of them. Speaking of tests, do your students want to pass their class? Don't let that happen. With Hager Modes or Quizzes, your students, students are guaranteed to fail your class. With crazy Scantron patterns and abstract letter combinations, they will be constantly second-guessing themselves. Not to mention, the auditory questions are highly irrelevant and have nothing to do with what they read. The auditory section will ensure that the highest grade they can possibly get is a 70. Use Hager Moser quizzes today. They are free to use and are a fail-safe way to fail your class. And also, new Hager Moser tests, which are equally difficult. and we'll come back. We are here to talk about the issues regarding Medicaid. So I'm here with uh, our se uh, second guest speaker today. I'll let him introduce himself. Hello, my name is Buster Robin and I am a Medicaid budget professional. Okay, so um, I brought you here today just to ask you a couple questions about you know what's uh, going on with the Medicaid issue. I know it's a, been a pretty big topic during the presidential uh, election. Mm -hmm. So um, overall, why is Medicaid really important? 
So um, I say Medicaid is important because Medicaid represents uh, $1 out of every $6 spent on healthcare in the U.S. and is the major source of financing for states to provide coverage that meets the long-term and needs of their low-income residents. Um, so uh, what's the finance situation that's going on with Medicaid right now? All right, so right now, Medicaid provides a guarantee of federal matching payments with no preset limit, mm -hmm. and that statute sets a formula to determine the share paid by the federal government and also provides special match rates for the ACA, Medicaid Expansion Administration, and other services. Um, I've been hearing that, you know, um, Medicaid has been pretty expensive. Mm -hmm. So how much is it going to cost, and how are the funds going to be spent? All right, so in terms of services, uh, payments to private managed care organizations account for about 40%, 6% of Medicaid spending, and almost two-thirds of all Medicaid spending is for the elderly and persons with disabilities who make up just one in four enrollees. And the Medicaid expansion finance primarily, primarily with federal dollars and accounts for a relatively small share, about 14% of total Medicaid spending. So um, what is the role of uh, Medicaid with federal and state budget? So Medicaid is the third largest mandatory program in the federal budget, but for states, Medicaid is a spending item, but also the largest source of federal revenues. What's your name? Uh, my name is Buster Robin, and okay. I'm a budget professional. So, Okay. Yeah. It was uh, very good to have you yeah. here, Buster, nice and uh, thanks for you coming on the podcast. No problem. Senator Patty Murray. What is the Democrat Medicaid plan? So the Democrat Medicaid plan basically revolves around giving specialized Medicare for each individual. Each individual might have different concerns and that's what we want to address. Um, the Senate Democrats trying to massively expand Medicaid would add millions more Americans to the two existing government-run programs, which are Medicare and Medicaid, but we don't necessarily have the money to do so. But however, the Republican Healthcare plan right now makes healthcare more expensive for families. We can't add 34 million people between the ages of 55 and 64 to Medicare while we're cutting out a trillion dollars out of this program already, which according to trustees is supposed to go broke within five years. But the, even though the Democrat one is more expensive, but at least we're giving good and proper healthcare for each individual rather just rather than just spending immense amounts of money for everyone who just has a basic med Medicare plan like the Republicans. If I may, Senator, how will the Democrats have enough money to afford such a Medicaid plan? We have been receiving fundamental funding from public health em emergencies that, that would be willing to support our plan. Senator Patty Murray and Senator Lamar Alexander, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having us.